This episode of the Red Stick Podcast, sponsored by El Rio Grande Mexican Restaurant. If you're looking for authentic, home-style Mexican food and the best margaritas you'll ever salt your lips with, go see our friend Raul Erdialis and the fun-loving staff at Baton Rouge's oldest Mexican restaurant, El Rio Grande. 8334 Airline Highway, just north of Florida, across from Frank's. I think if they do move the zoo, I would say let's at least name the gorilla exhibit after John Delgado. Because, because over the last few months, he's proven he's really adept at uh, pulling shit out of his ass and, and throwing it, it as hard as he can. Welcome to the Rich Dick Podcast. Today's guests are comedian Evan Rabelais and Mid-City's own Gordon Meese. Now here's your host, the new CEO of Uber, Jeremy White. All right, yes, we are rolling again after a week off. It's Jeremy White here at El Rio Grande, 8334 Airline Highway, just north of Florida, across from Frank's. It's the Red Stick Podcast, and uh, yeah, we're back. Had a little week off, and uh, Sunny Weathers uh, wasn't able to make it last week, so we said we're going to take a week off. We'll be back with Sunny and uh, our, our guests and everything. And so, but this morning, Sunny says, "Hey, we got weather-related, work-related stuff," so can't make it. So. I uh, believe Sonny will be back next week. Uh, in the meantime, we have Evan Rabelais. Hey, uh, uh, everyone's favorite last-minute replacement. Yes. Evan because, Rabelais. Because here. Nick Moore couldn't make it either. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, But we wanted to get uh, our guest on today because once Labor Day hits, which is this weekend, uh, we won't see him for a while because he's going to reopen his business again. And uh, he's an interesting guy. He's run for mayor once, twice, three Just times once, a lady. Once. Gordon Meese. Gordon Meese, yeah. Uh, you know him from, go ahead and plug your business. Uh, Garden District Nursery on Government Street. I'm a fixture in Mid-City. Family's been there for, uh, I guess, going on 87 years now. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool spot, and if you need some expertise on, you know, doing stuff, we've done a lot of projects in the backyard and around the the yard our, this year, and Gordon's been there to, you know, Gordon gets it done. There uh, you go. He, and, uh, <laughs> Grew up to, with him, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, go see him, Gordon at uh, Garden District Nursery, and uh, go check out, he's got chickens that are around the place. And, and turn a pet his, squirrel. And a pet squirrel. Did you find him? Yeah, the, the squirrel comes Does, back and visits me okay. twice a day. Does he have a name? Whoop Whoop. That's a horrible name. <laughs> <laughs> it's really more of a call okay, to, that makes to, sense. to get her that's to come better. in from the trees. All right, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he just goes around. It's not Whoop Whoop. It's Whoop Whoop. Well, not only that, I have adults walking around going Whoop Whoop, Whoop Whoop. That's it's, just uh, silly. It's kind of humorous. That's just silly. <laughs> That's nice. But they turn your compost bin, which is, I wish I had chickens just for that. Not for the other stuff, but just for that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, glad you could make it. So, when did you run for mayor? Uh, I ran for mayor the, the time Ooh, before with, uh, when uh, Kip was uh, running for his last term. So, when, so, so 40, 2012 Four and a half 11. years ago, oh, five yeah, years ago then. Five years ago. So when Kip was running for his final term as mayor. Yeah, with Mike Walker. Oh, that's right. Mike Walker was in that mess too. That's yeah, right. Yeah, we had uh, two career politicians and uh, tried to make it not about them mm. and their egos. So 
Good uh, luck. Got him to have. That. Well, yeah. we got him to have a conversation about some other things. Yeah. Well, just imagine if you had uh, won, you could have been in charge uh, during the record flooding last year. Absolutely. Yeah. I got a. I got an interesting story about that um, with uh, a councilman uh, Amoroso. Yeah, buddy Amoroso. Right. He came up to me. Not to be confused with Am- Am- Amoroso from The Apprentice or whatever. Yeah. Whatever her name is. I don't, You're fired. So I don't try and remember anything from The Apprentice. I don't know. Who even hosted The Apprentice? I don't know. Some guy. Some, some asshole. Some guy. Went into politics and just, I don't know. Where is he now? I don't know. I, uh, Texas? I hope, he, I hope yeah. he's dead. Somewhere deep in the heart of Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, But no, he had a, had a conversation with him. He wanted to find out who I was going to support for mayor. And uh, I wouldn't give him that. But I got on my soapbox with him and I told him, you know, I ran against the, the UDC, the Unified Development Code, and, uh, and I put my finger in his face, and I said, you know what, buddy? I said, even that neighborhood you live in never should have been developed. And he looked at me, and he said, why, Gordon? Because it's in the Amit River floodplain. And I go, yeah. And I said, yeah. I promise you this. It's not if. It's when it's going to flood. Hmm. It was five days later when the great flood of 2016 happened. Now, in his uh, defense... He did come back three weeks later when I had uh, gutted a bunch of homes and was trying to get my business back open. And he said, uh, you know, I got to tell you, that conversation we had haunted me when I watched the water rise up to my house. And I said, okay, buddy, now you know. Do the right thing. And what they do, they made it easier for people to get back in their houses so this can happen again. Hmm. And Houston is telling you the same story. Well, I love what they said. It was a, uh, it was some kind of headline about Houston. It's a lot of the problems they have now is because of their eighty-seven years of urban design. I'm like, yeah. design? There was actual design in all of that. Well, you know, and as a landscape architect, urban planner, which is what my education is, even that's not what I practice. Um, Houston and Baton Rouge actually have a. A big similarity. Yeah, they were both and, designed by Jackson Pollock, apparently. Right. right. And, just, well, and, no, they just splatter lines and, everywhere. And they have a lot of people from New Orleans living in there. Yeah. They, they don't have control of any uh, any real zoning uh, control. And here in Baton Rouge, it's more a political uh, persuasion of how the city gets built. And It's about the deity of the developers. Right. And so hmm. um, Houston, like Baton Rouge, because Baton Rouge gets its laws get wavered away so the development community can do what they want to do. Houston just doesn't even have any rules. And so the two cities, although very different in size, uh, their layout um, and their problems pretty much are exactly Uh, the same. Might I point out that uh, uh, Houston has two loops and Baton Rouge still has zero loops. Absolutely. So just want to throw that out there. Well, the loop, I think, is a uh, 20th uh, century uh, solution to a 21st century problem. Oh, man. We missed that boat. Gordon Gordon Meese (laughs) for Flying Cars, Baton Rouge 2020. Why don't we just use those Futurama tubes? That's going to save so much problems. Exactly. When are we going to have to transport it? God damn it, Scotty. Get with it all. Let's hope. Yeah. Because it would take 30 years to build a loop, and we probably won't have cars in 30 my, years. My dad was convinced when I was born that by the time I started driving a car, they'd be flying. He was convinced. Saw too many Jetsons episodes. That's exactly it. I mean, so could when, you imagine people flying? They can't even drive on the ground. Well, that's the problem. Yeah, that's, 
Now yeah. you can be now you can be in my way in four different dimensions. <laughs> well, that's like we went to the to the Manship Theater what a couple of months ago when y'all did a spoof night. Oh, we did a what now? Y'all did a spoof night. What's a spoof night? Spoof night. That is when the family dinner <laughs> takes a uh, uh, I would say a, a a venerable movie, a much loved movie, a much loved movie that may or may not have been uh, critically acclaimed, but it's it's. Well, it's well liked by a lot okay. of people for what various reasons. And what, what do we do with those movies? Well, well, what do they do? Is they uh, they air it? They may interject some clips or different effects here and there, but they offer uh, witty, pithy commentary. Why well, that sounds like a show I used to watch. On top of that, it's mystery riff tracks. Rift tracks. Mystery Science Theater 3000? Yes. Oh, wow, we do. Mystery Science Rift tracks. We do do that, don't we? Yes, we do. We absolutely do. September 8th, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka, (laughs) September 8th. That's a Friday night, right? It is. The first Friday after Labor Day. That's right. And then the 15th is Improv Night, and the 28th is Trivial Objections. I actually know the dates this time. It's the first time, are, been, first time I've been on the Red Stick Podcast and known my own dates. Like, normally, he's <laughs> looking it up frantically on his phone like, fuck, when is my show? When are my shows coming up? I don't fucking know. Uh, but he's got a lot going on, and so he actually remembered him right off the top of his head. All of those at the Manship Theater, correct? Correct. The Hartley Bay for the last two. Okay. But the spoof night in the big theater last time was, what uh, show? Did y'all do? Trivial Objections? No, the, the, the movie. Night? The movie. I'm trying. Oh, the Fifth last- Element. Fifth Element, yeah. Fifth Element. Y'all 212 had, yeah. people. And the capacity is what? 349, I want to say. Hey, you break 200 in the manship. I've seen shows that could... I, I watched uh, the Marx Brothers Marathon with nine old people, and that was it. Nine old people. Yeah. Sounds like Tickets were like five bucks for that. I was like, you... Wow. Man. I went to the manship theater one time to watch... Remember Jamie Wax? I do. Good guy. I think he's up, uh, still out in California. He's uh, he's working for CBS a little bit. Is he? Yeah, he does like uh, kind of some news stuff for them on oh, their sweet. like morning show. And well, he stuff. follows me on Twitter. I should be in. I, I should know this, but uh, he was uh, he was doing a, a run of uh, going to, going to Jackson. Going to Jackson. He, he has one man show that he mm-hmm. wrote and everything. Going to Jackson. That's the one that really put him on the map. Right. And uh, I was out downtown, and there he was. He had. Need a jump, so pull, pull upside, jump the cables, whatever. Hey, man, want some tickets? Sure, I'll take tickets. Never been to the show. So I get we get a pair of tickets, and we go watch, and uh, it was a great show. The problem was we were sitting on the same row next to, like, I swear I swear to God, like, they came straight from Pentecostal service. Oh, God. These old women <laughs> sitting right next to us. And, you know, it's not the raciest humor, but it's just little jokes here and there. It's, it's perfect for Baton Rouge. But it was still way too edgy for these uh, long-haired, no-makeup, uh, long-dressed uh, women. Right. Yeah. And um, a little racy. Yeah, yeah. There were and some Mormons at the first Trivial Objections who probably agree with you on that. Yeah, I saw them walk out. They, they can go watch BYU and LSU during decadence this they weekend. They were not. The uh, there you go. Yeah. They that's weren't happy with us. No, that's all right. I was like, <laughs> I felt like saying, no, get the fuck out. Uh, what did you expect? But. So they, uh, the, the, like, the, when he, they wouldn't laugh or anything during his jokes. What they would do is he would deliver a line that was funny, and we would just hear to my right going, mm, mm. That's what they would do. That's, they would just, mm. They were holding that laugh and, in. Yeah, the entire show. They wanted to, but. 
The it entire was, show it was just these Pentecostal women humming it was wrong. in response to Jamie Wax's <laughs> uh, jokes. So, Hilarious jokes at that. Yeah, so that's uh that's an unnamed libertarian over there who's joining us in the peanut gallery over there. I can't leave Gordon behind. No. no. He said he wasn't going to heckle us, but he's a libertarian, so I mean, he's got to let everybody know what the hell he's thinking because, God damn it, the world would be perfect if libertarians just ran the fucking world. Why don't we just let the libertarians them... Libertarians did run the world they, for about 20 yeah. I don't know so, if they can hear him or not. They, they can't hear him. He's no. not mic'd up, and so he's it's just going to sound like just, uh, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown going, wah, 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 if you hear us be irrationally wah, wah, angry in the middle of all this... Wah. I just need to get yeah, two so, steps in. I can leave now. But it was but a really wonderful it, season. Yeah, so, okay, well, good. Jeffrey Sanford, if you need an attorney who is very libertarian and occasionally posts some crazy shit on Facebook, he's your man. So, uh, that's right. Gordon will get it done. Jeffrey will, I don't know what Jeff's do, but he'll he'll represent you. He'll and, take and him he'll down. He'll entertain you while he's he'll representing you. He'll take him down. You. He'll take, Jeffrey will take him down. <laughs> Except the statues, <laughs> because God damn it, that's erasing history. That yeah, is. That's it. Up, so. So, all right. So, we have record flooding going on in Houston. If you were mayor of Houston, Texas, what would you have done? Would you have evacuated? Because that's the big thing right now. A lot of people are second-guessing. They're still pulling bodies out. The waters are still rising, and they, they're they already in day two or three of second-guessing the mayor. Uh, I love his name. Sylvester Turner, by the way. Yeah. Um, the uh, just to set the, the the tone though in 2005, right? Ike. Uh, uh, Rita, Rita was it Rita? I think it was Rita and Ike too. And Ike, um, how you hear different numbers? I guess Houston proper versus the greater Houston area. It's it's either two or three million or six point five million. Yeah. It's still a shit. Let's ton go of five. People. It's a shit ton <laughs> of people. Yeah, a shit ton. It's of too people. many people. Yeah. yeah. It's the fourth fucking largest city in the United States. Yeah, and, right behind. And if, you ask, and if you ask them anything else, they will always pipe in that it's also the most diverse city of all time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's great that it is, but I didn't ask. I, I just wanted some coffee, man. I didn't want to. Oh, okay. Know a diversity. So stat. the uh, when they decided to evacuate the city with those two uh, approaching storms, which the, the steering currents and the predictions were a lot. You had a lot more notice. Yeah. Rita was coming. You knew it was coming. Uh, Ike was well-developed. With Harvey, it literally came off the Yucatan Peninsula. Nothing. Just a tropical depression. Right. And blew up. And it blew up quick. from a depression to a or a storm to a Cat 3. Class 4. It went to Cat 3 in less than 30 hours. No, that was Class 3 and then to went Class to, 4. It went to Cat 4. So... You put all those people on the road like you did a few a few years back for those other storms when you had more leeway, you had more warning, I should say. Those people, it was a hundred people died when they tried to evacuate for Rita. Yeah, and just I mean, one bus accident uh, caught on fire and and, and people uh, getting out, shooting each other, dying of heat exhaustion, running out of gas. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, you know, and then the storm hits. Yeah. Yay, fun. I, I think that's a. Uh, uh, it's a tough question to answer, but with the results that they had the last time, and the city's only gotten bigger and and more mm-hmm. dense and all of those things since that time, um, they probably made the right call. But yeah. because like you know, a lot of those uh, those highways, they were bumper to bumper for 
20 hours straight. Longer. Yeah, yeah. 30 hours even in some cases. And, you know, had, had the flooding started then, then all those people on the highway are more fucked than they would be in their houses. Whereas I think it's, it'd be safer to evacuate how, uh, people that are holed up in their homes by boat than it would be to try and get those cars out of the city. Yeah. The only thing I would add to that, though, is they interviewed General Honoré, uh, Lieutenant General mm-hmm. Russell Honoré. They Skyped him in. And he said that... Mike's uncle? Huh? Yeah, no. Seriously. <laughs> he said that the only thing he would have, he respected the mayor and the, and the governor and everything, he said, but the only thing is he would have said maybe evacuate the elderly, the infirmed, you know, the people who it would be difficult, like you're seeing now, they're going and lifting people out in wheelchairs, the medicine they're trying to get out of the house that they're dependent upon, you know, small children, those types of people, the, 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 the high-risk folks, get them out, and then a voluntary evacuation on top of that, which, given that it's Texas, you might get 10% saying, yeah, let's go. The rest of the guy, fuck that, I'm staying. And they would have stayed, and then you would see a lot of the same scenes, but you wouldn't see as many old people and hope I mean you're still gonna have people that don't have means to get yeah, out you wouldn't have a picture of a 90 year old woman sitting waist deep in water in, an, uh, in a nursing home in and she was knitting though so yeah. I mean she I mean, was at least passing the time I'm still she was, King Cook she was <laughs> knitting an inner tube just to stay afloat <laughs> oh past the time so but yeah it, it, I could see that maybe get the, the old people with, the way this storm came up it came up out of nowhere. You put all those people on the road, and that that storm is blown up to a cat three, and it's knocking on your door. All of a sudden, your asshole gets real tight because you got millions of people on the road that aren't going anywhere, and you got a huge storm coming. Yeah, I I think they actually made the right call on that, and uh, I mean, anyway, it was going to be bad, and that probably, um, if people are at least safe in their home and can be evacuated over a a week's time. Uh, as this goes up mm-hmm. versus people, you know, millions of people all on the road at one time running out of water, food, uh, having nothing to protect them from rising water yeah. uh, and, and being all of that at one time. I, I think, you know, um, did he know he was making the right call? No, but I think he ended up probably having yeah. less people die, having them stay at their house. Some, uh, some comedian friends of mine were actually stuck in the secret group, which is a comedy club. In Houston, oh, they shit. were just in the secret group for like three days, playing music and playing with the projectors and stuff like that. I'm like, well, there's worse ways to spend a flood, <laughs> and just playing music and hanging out and making fun of each other on Snapchat all day. Hey, that's not bad. Not Did bad. they flood or are they just? Uh, no, not not. No, I don't think so. No, well, that's true. Just the roads around it. No, there you go. Much like Joel Osteen's Lakewood Church, that piece of garbage. Yeah. So. Uh, suddenly, was it yesterday, it started blowing up? Like, wait a minute. There's a person in Houston that um, is like a religious leader who's got like tens of thousands of members and uh, is has lots and lots and lots of money because he preaches the prosperity gospel and um, talks about people trusting Jesus and doing Jesus-y things and Jesus... And what would Jesus um, and what do would in Jesus a flood? do? And tweeting stuff about Jesus like every two hours, and suddenly his our entire thoughts and prayers are with Houston. Yeah, yeah, thoughts and prayers with Houston. What about your church? Well, our thoughts and prayers are with our Houston. thoughts and prayers are with Houston. But your and, church, but our thoughts and prayers. And uh, so this man has a, a basically a sports arena, like uh, it's bigger than some NBA arenas. Uh, sixteen thousand. Sixteen thousand. How much does the PMAC hold? 
15 yeah 15 or less and i think his video boards are bigger than the one they just put in there probably probably so yeah he's got a better budget yeah 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 he doesn't you know of course his fees are a little bit higher than lsu hey hey but i'm sorry they're tied his lazy river ain't got shit on ours though so well i don't know that lazy (laughs) river is raging right now it's a little muddy but they got a they got a hell of a lazy river in houston right now jesus christ do they yeah it may not be too lazy right now no no and um so suddenly everybody's like, hey, how we're running out of room. Like the George R. Brown Convention Center capacity is 5,000. They got 9,000 people in there. Yeah. You got people opening up. The Honda Center is opening up. All these people are opening up their centers for all these people that are homeless now because of the huge flooding. You got Mattress Mac. The mattress guy. That dude is a he's fucking got, hero. He's got two stores where he's got people in his mattress place which by the sleeping. way what a beautiful way to advertise your furniture by having people come test it out for exactly. a few days the story apparently was you had a family nobody spoke English except the little girl and the little girl came up and said can we please stay at your place he's like oh my god yes and so people started coming sleeping at Mattress Max furniture at his mattress store meanwhile Joel they're Olsteen's they're gonna need furniture soon they're gonna need it's furniture. brilliant meanwhile Joel Olsteen's like Thoughts and prayers, everybody. Trust Jesus. Trust Jesus. I hope his pearly white teeth are found in a ditch somewhere far away from his body. And so they started sending out stuff and pictures. Started They started tweeting out pictures. Oh, yeah, well, there's actually flooding in the church at Lakewood. And, and then a, a reporter. Then somebody went over there and it's like, hey. Wait a second. Dry as a bone. It is dry. What? It looks like a dr- it drizzled over it's here. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. They <laughs> parted the waters. And now they are going to host these people that are homeless. But only after I called them a bitch on Twitter like ten times. At least he didn't block you like he did some people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Calling him a bitch won't get you blocked. But saying, "Hey, don't you have a church that can home that can like be home to homeless people right now?" will get you blocked. So it's good to have your priorities straight. But yeah, it's a miracle they parted the waters like Moses, and so that way they didn't have to turn people into Jesus so they would walk on the water. That was the that was the dilemma. I bet that's what it was. He couldn't figure. He couldn't determine whether he was going to just imbue people with Jesus power to walk on the water, or do a Moses and part the waters to let his church. Uh, house the homeless people mm. that's probably what it was it was a it was a sophie's choice for a um you know prosperity televangelist megachurch pastor you know the stuff that you run into every day that's the kind of stuff you yeah. mm. you know mm. if you went into joel osteen's churches and smashed up everything that was for sale uh while you're being arrested uh just remember that is what jesus would do that is true. Right. He did that in the temple, didn't That's he? That's right. He yeah. Did. What would Jesus do? Jesus He'd bring a whip and beat the shit out of people he selling would, stuff inside the church. What would Jesus do? Jesus would fuck shit up. He'll flip a table on you, literally. Yeah. yeah. WWE smash that motherfucker. <laughs> Anarchist, huh? Damn Jesus. Straight. Um, Drop you from the top of the cage. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of uh, fights, uh, there was a fight this weekend. Yes, there was. Uh, the, uh, you, I know you didn't pay for it, but you watched it, and, and I don't. I you, paid, you legally I paid, purchased it. I you paid. Legally, I paid. Evan fine, legally purchased. I the paid fight. a fine amount of money to someone. He's a UFC fan. He's a big time UFC fan, and uh, my God, I just I, I I was exhausted on this shit back in June. I mean, 
The fucking we all hi- were. The hype of this fight was longer than the goddamn presidential primary season. It seems like it, yeah. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I mean, Connor has been promoting a Floyd Mayweather fight for four years now. Yeah. But jokingly. And then two years ago, he's like, no, but seriously, and we all laughed. And then last month, we're like, oh, shit, this is happening. What this the... F- this what? Is, this is going down. Oh, oh really? Floyd had been retired for two years, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he had been sparring with his wife for a while. So. There you go. Yeah. He's That'll 53, you in there, yeah. if you count the women. It was a technical knockout, so it wasn't like... Oh, he got knocked the fuck out. He didn't. Or even, he didn't even get knocked down. He didn't get an eight count, which I, I was like, at least give him the eight count. But what was the deal with the TKO anyway? The ref just stopped it. Connor was getting punched, and then the ref stopped it. It's like, well, that was the end of it. That's it. Okay. Well, it's like the Sopranos going to. Black. He wasn't gonna win, but shit, give him an eight count. Yeah. And that's what other boxers get. Hmm. Anticlimactic. Pretty yeah. much. First four rounds were great because Connor was winning them. I was enjoying that, but then. Uh, yeah. Then the boxer won a boxing match. What? Go figure. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> who knew? Wow. Yeah, I called that from, from the beginning. And like, how's a guy who's never boxed going to beat a boxer? Hey, at least he landed more significant punches mm. than people expected him to. And I, I count that as a victory for UFC. Okay. My favorite part, though, when they showed the two of them doing their face-off kind of a thing at the weigh-in or whatever, and I was... Ch- was I didn't notice it, but someone in my house did. Like, the picture, pulled up the pictures, like, really? Seriously? Like, I know Tom, Conor McGregor talked about how he was, you know, only white from the waist up. Was he yeah. chubbing? Like, did he stuff his shorts or whatever at the weigh-in? Or, or now, what? I have seen a lot of near-naked Conor McGregor over the past few years, just because that's how that's how UFC... Was he, like, semi-wood? What was the deal? I'd imagine the excitement got to him. You think? Maybe a little bit. Was it the Corona Girls? No, because that Those was my plastic dolls. No way. It was that was my favorite thing was when they were doing their shit talking and their face off and everything, getting each other's face, and doing all the 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 two Corona Girls flanking no. them were like the smiling cor- and pretending. The they best were happy Corona Girls be moment there. came a few fights before Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fought, where there's this one when because when they're announcing the winner, uh, the Corona Girls. They're told they have to stand behind the fighters and be on camera. And but smile. one dude and smile. And one dude was just so amped up from the fight, he was pacing back and forth in the ring. And the girl had like crab walk to the side and follow the camera. <laughs> she's like side straddling. Yeah, she's like, side, oh my god, with this weird like otherworldly smile on her face, just sidestepping, <laughs> trying to get stay on camera, but like also look that she's standing perfectly still. <laughs> that would have been worth paying for. Shoulders huh? back. Shoulders <laughs> back. Uh, it was, I hate it. I hate it so much. Bo- everything about this fight, the lead-up, the fight itself, the entire time, all I can think is, like, I'm spoiled with mixed martial arts because the UFC just puts out a better product, like, through and through. See, and that's why boxing is dying a slow Showtime's death. Showtime's got a lot more money. I think it's dead. I think this may have killed it. You think it did? I think so. Hmm. We'll see how GGG and Canelo plays out on the 15th. That'll, that'll decide if boxing's dead. Those numbers will decide if boxing is dead or not. That's the real boxing fight to look into. But uh, just all in all, press conference-wise, fight-wise, production-wise, Showtime may have had more money, but, God, the UFC just... The packaging is so much better in the UFC. And that's not just the Connor Shorts, either. No. Mm. That's also a bunch of other half-naked fighters. A can of Guinness. Hmm? It was a can of Guinness. Well, that's what it was. Uh, It was Notorious Irish Whiskey, which is a product he was peddling at the (laughs) post-fight press conference. At the post-fight, yeah. Started drinking from his notorious. I drank half a fizz before the fight. His notorious brand Irish whiskey. <laughs> notorious brand available Irish. today. 
I bet he's still walking like Herman Shim, Sherman Hemsley. Herman Look, Shim, I, I would Sherman happily, Hemsley. happily lose a fight for a hundred million dollars. Okay, absolutely, nothing would stop me from doing that. I would lose a fight for a hundred dollars. I'm broke. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> shit, give me something. All right, so uh, since we're talking about losers, let's talk about uh, John Delgado. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I love you, John. But uh, all right. So you've run for mayor. Yes. John has run for mayor. You all both lost. I'm not going to compare percentages. Well, yeah, I will. He got what, like 10, 11 percent. I don't know. Was it that high? It was. He might have broken double digit. How many did did you? Did you remember Um, percentage or anything? Percentage wise, I was in the four percent. I got almost uh, seven thousand votes. Hey, there you go. Now, now I I broke my votes down to twenty two cents a vote, and everybody else, even the guy I beat, paid like five bucks a vote. So. I won not the people, uh, cost not that per you vote. Paid them for their votes, but that right. was how much money, how much I, money I spent on the thing ver- compared to how many right. votes you actually got. Right. So my so you my had the budget cost effective absolutely campaign, and and isn't that what it's all about? Is being cost effective these days? See, that's right. See, he's a very progressive guy, but he's still a businessman. <laughs> fiscally still responsible. Still a very fiscally fiscally responsible pro- responsible progressive. There you go. <laughs> And that's what we need, fiscally responsible progressives. How about that? And I'll put it out there. If you pay me five bucks, I'll vote for you. Just whoever is listening, <laughs> next time you run for anything, throw me some money. I'll vote mm. for you happily. Yeah. We're trying to stop that from happening. <laughs> yeah. No, you can, you can do that all you want, but I'm not playing along. So Sonny's not here because he would take umbrage with the fact that I'm calling out John Delgado, so we'll talk about it now. Uh, John's been on the podcast a few times, three I want to say. And in the past, he uh, he went off, he went to toe to toe with uh, his opponents on the council, and you know the likes of uh, Jerry Malelli and the, the typical, you know, the real conservative folks that make it red stick in the mud uh, around here, uh, all the pastors and everything on the fairness ordinance. Yeah, and I was uh, I was I was active in the uh, in that battle. Yeah, and yeah, John was uh, he was going. He, he was, was tooth he and nail was, fighting for it. He was he flying was, the flag. He was fighting tooth and nail to keep Baton Rouge together because we're better together. And fuck those people in St. George. And yeah, he, he was he was anti, and, very anti St. George. And just you know, very progressive and and everything else. And then he doesn't get elected mayor. Um, other things happen in his life, and then he becomes a spokesperson for the Baton Rouge Police Union. And then suddenly, he's a champion. He's a causes, new man. He's a new man. It's like a, a metamorphosis of some sort. It's like he went into a cocoon and came out. Um, Maybe he just never had these things properly explained to him before, Jeremy. Maybe that's the problem. We're going into these debates and these elections misinformed, and now on the other side of it, he has the exact opposite opinions. For no obvious reason. Other than maybe he's just doing it for ratings for his new show, uh, that he does three days a week on 107.3 with Gary Chambers. Oh, that could also be a thing. Maybe that's also a... So that was the uh, they're gonna the do big sh- debate they had. They, yeah, they was did probably the promo for that they show. They did a debate, and then they did a test run, and they liked it, and they're doing a three-day-a-week kind of a thing, three days a week. I don't know. Um, I like Gordy Rush. Gordy Rush likes me. It's, I'm not going to question the man. He Gordy knows his stuff. Gordy's a great guy. So we'll see how that goes. If I'm, am I going to listen to it? Probably not. But maybe there's an audience out there for it. 
Could be. It could be. The six people that listen to radio, yeah. <laughs> the uh, I didn't even know it was a thing, but thanks. It's a thing. It's a thing. And um, I uh, I really think that, I don't know he he the thing about John is he's very uh, passionate. You know, very he's, passionate. He's Cuban, so you can understand. I mean, that's a thing. I used to be at a. Yeah, we had a comic years ago, uh, Magic Mike, out of New Orleans. Do you know Magic Mike? I do not know Magic Mike. Uh, he does more magic than than, uh, than Mike's. comedy. Yeah, than Mike's. Thank you. Uh, I don't, Darden. Mike Darden is his name. Great guy. I know a Darden. I don't know Mike Darden. Dardunt. Don't know them. Don't know him. Okay. He talked about, uh, he did a joke one time talking about uh, Latin women, like Latinas. It's like, yeah. We're not crazy. We're just passionate women. Well, he it was just he's he's Latino. He's Cuban. He's very passionate. So when he he doesn't half step anything. He doesn't really offer a lot of nuance. It's, no, he if goes he, all if he in. Take, if he takes a stand, he's going all in on it. All in. And so you know when he goes off on the the you know the brave contracts, he's going all in. You know everybody who's got a brave contract is a piece of shit basically. And he starts calling everybody out. And all, oh, all these kids that are getting taught by Donnie Rose. Well, Donnie Rose has got a bunch of thugs coming in. He's going, oh, he's going to teach. He's going to teach poetry to gangbangers. I'm like, these are these might be good kids actually trying to learn something and better I mean, themselves through the arts. I mean, teach them poetry you want. Don't call them gangbangers, you yeah. weirdo. Yeah, they may not have fucked more than one girl at a time. So... Well, you know, or you, they, or they, you do have to stay relevant for sorry, it's other four words, for years. Bang. So, I mean, sensationalism might be the only way to stay relevant. Is that what you think for it four is? years? Yeah. So you can run for mayor again. Is it you think he's running for mayor again or running for something else? I, I think he's running for something. That's why I respect uh, Ryan Heck. Ryan Heck's like, you know, I did my four years. I'm out. I'm going to run my concrete business, and he has no interest. You in hadn't being heard in much from him. Haven't heard no, much it's, from it's him. Been, and it's been sideswipe kind of stuff where he's been obliquely included in certain things here and there. A it's property not, deal. He's not seeking out the limelight by any means. I've talked to Ryan. He's, he's just happy doing his thing. He's like, you know what? Like me when I was producing stand-up. I did that shit for four years. I'm done with it. Let somebody else fucking do it. Yeah. I did my thing. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know. I'm well aware of what you're talking about. <laughs> So Ryan's like that. He has no interest in needing the limelight. John, on the other hand, seems to need it. He does. He seems like he needs it. He he uh, craves it, and he's uh, he's fighting for it. Absolutely, he is fighting for it. And to be honest with you, you know, there's a big debate going on in Baton Rouge right now about moving the zoo, and uh, you know, the folks up in North Baton Rouge want to leave it there because it's one of the few real economic engines that's bringing money into that part of the parish and part of the you know that that area and so if we move it to where we're all where all the people white people are um then that, what do they have up there besides you know like the plastics plant i mean that's about it right paper mill paper mill something like that something like that um exhibit after john delgado because Interesting. because over the last few months, he's proven he's really adept at uh, pulling shit out of his ass and, and throwing it, it as hard as he can. <laughs> whoever is right there in front of him. I didn't see that one coming, but you yeah. You didn't see that one coming? 
the and John Doe. And you can name the other three animals the Baton Rouge Zoo has after just anyone, and no one in particular. Do we really need a zoo? No. According to Bill Buckskin, Buckskin Bill Black, what was his, that was his thing? He needed an elephant. Baton Rouge needs a zoo. That was his thing for yeah. like years. Well, then drive 45 minutes to New Orleans <laughs> and go to the Ottoman Zoo. And, uh, but that's the other question, yeah. Do we need some, a zoo? Kidnap some, some animals and bring them up here. No? Should the zoo stay well, where it the, is? The zoo might get a good little bu- uh, buff because uh, we got 350 gators on the loose from, from Are Texas. they loose? They oh, they're out? loose. They're loose, baby. They broke out in Houston? Yeah, oh, yeah. On the way to Houston. That's a, I love it. I love just 350 gators just out and about. I'm like, oh, where are they going to be? I'm excited to find them. Maybe they'll eat some of those deer that are looking for high ground. Maybe so. They saw, I saw a video. They had uh, people they were rescuing dogs and people, and some guy was carrying a deer. Like, that's gator food if those gators get to them. They said don't pick up the uh, floating ant piles. Uh, oh, my oh, God, yeah. That's the scariest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. That's the ultimate form of socialism right there. I mean, God that is, damn it. You got, the, you, got, you got the ones on the bottom sacrificing their lives to, to preserve the colony. Yeah. The needs of the few out are outweighed by the needs of the many. God, and the floating, queen. A floating ant pile. That's just like every nightmare I had as a kid just formed into one reality. Yeah, you thought you thought the the thousand uh, synchronized Chinese drummers at the 2008 opening ceremonies in Beijing were scary. It was bad enough when you like <laughs> you know like when you were a kid and you were running really fast as fast as a kid can run. Yeah, and you just like glance an ant pile, but like. Forty of them still got on you, even yeah. though you ran right through it because uh-huh. the, they were all up in the in the dirt that was on your shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just imagine that, but a million of them, just like the moment you touch it, just crawl up your yeah. arm. That, you're the high ground suddenly. Yeah, yeah. That's and like they didn't they fun. didn't cut corners and they're describing like no avoid them because they will just sting you until you are dead. Like yeah. no cutting corners on it. Yeah, it's a giant ball. Of, of ants, and they're floating on the corpse eye. Is it? Is that it? Corpses? Corpse eye? Fuck it, corpse eye. Of I shrugged my shoulders at the question. <laughs> they're the corpse eye of, of their, their former of their, their, dead their, friends, their former colony members on the bottom, and they just I guess as they die off, they peel off. But yeah, the ones on the bottom, they got. How long can an ant hold its breath? Well, the thing is with ants, they're one of those, there's one of those insects. <laughs> they don't actually break the surface tension of the water sometimes. But with all that so weight on top of them, they exactly. are. Exactly. So what you can do is you basically have a rotating cycle of the ones at the bottom can you know move up while the ones on top are moving down and just have a fluctuating ant pile. I think there's a hierarchy and there's somebody oh, that's absolutely. always on the bottom. <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's, a deba- it's a debate between <laughs> the ants and the bees with are more like the Borg from Star Trek Next Generation. It's like there's like on the top there's like a there's a queen and on the yeah. bottom it's just like an ant that looks like sloth from the Goonies. Yeah. And he's just holding up the whole pile. Yeah. I would argue bees are more like the Borg, but ants are a close, close second. Wouldn't you think? Because you don't hear about drone ants, but you hear about drone bees. I just I'm just saying, you know what? Just the kill all the bugs. The collective. I, I think we need the bugs. I don't care if we need them. I'm not going to be alive once that ruins the planet. <laughs> bugs being gone will ruin the planet, but, but after I'm already dead. Who's going to break down your compost so you can be econo- ecologically Who friendly? gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> 
the chickens at Gordon's place are going to be turning the compost pile for nothing. Really? You want the chickens to work for nothing? They're going to be working for nothing. They're going to be working for a chicken scratch. Literally. That's all they're working for is scratching. I fucking hate bugs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's keep the bees, okay? We definitely need the bees. And our friend Chris Frink has bees. He does. He does. He has bees, and uh, he will sell you honey uh, once, maybe twice a year. Twice a year. Once a year. It's good honey. Good stuff. And he's got chickens, too. Yeah. That's how we met. Really? That's how y'all knew? That's how y'all got to know? It's over chickens. It's over chickens. Absolutely. That's it. Y'all met over cock. Uh, uh, chickens. Chickens. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with chickens on We'll go with chickens. We'll go with chickens. So, um, so Cajun Navy getting a lot of uh, publicity. I've noticed. The, the, word Cajun, the term Cajun Navy is suddenly in the lexicon of national reporters and anchor uh, persons. It is. It's up there with the uh, Coast Guard. They're officially yeah. recognized now. I mean, literally, I'm watching this really, really somber, somber press conference. The chief in Houston was holding the press conference about his third, I think it was a 34-year veteran sergeant who drowned, who was determined to get to work and everything. And they were talking about how they were trying to figure out where he was. And he was going out there, and, and uh, he's holding this press conference, and he's it's very somber, and he's holding it together. And then suddenly he goes, he says, you know, I'm out there with um, our f- friends from Louisiana. What what are we calling them? And he just smiles. And he says, the Cajun Navy. And he says, oh. they're just fantastic. And he smiles. And then immediately says, they helped us locate it. And he just breaks down. I'm like, fuck. It was just, it was, oh, my God. But he seemed like a really, I mean, if you're going to have a chief of police... That guy there, because guess what? He took a few questions, and then he spoke in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. He spoke in Spanish. How about Good that, call. Trump? Good call. Good call. Didn't the mayor or somebody say he'd personally represent anybody who's, like, getting their papers checked for, during evacuations? That's the other thing, is they're worried about people, undocumented people, drowning and, and not coming out for rescue because they're afraid of being deported. Yeah. I think it was the mayor. He was like, I'll personally represent them in court if yeah. anyone gets their papers checked yeah. while trying to leave a flood. They, they literally have to worry about water and ice. Ha. Ah. 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 I want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call Sonny. Tell him that joke so he can come back just to murder you. Okay. <laughs> Sonny, uh, I can't that was a good it one. anymore. Hey. I'll be here all week. So, maybe because uh, we flooded in, yeah, we <laughs> the did. rain picked mm, back up. Yeah, it's picked up. You know. Anyway, yeah, the New, or- New Orleans is worried about it now. How the fuck did a guy? How did? How did? Is it Paul Rainwater who's down in New Orleans? Literally, I'm watching my Twitter feed, and Kevin Litton of NOLA.com is covering a news conference down there about the the situation with the pumps and the water and, and the rain coming, and he's quoting. I think it's is it Paul or his cousin? But it's a person named Rainwater down there talking about pumps and, and rainwater. And I'm like, when seriously? You're, when you're born seriously? with the name, the occupation finds yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, damn. We don't need that to happen again. No, we there. don't. We don't. Hopefully New Orleans will, and, and Baton Rouge 
And Lake Charles. Lake Charles is catching hell right now down yeah, there. Calcasieu, Cameron, that area down there. So, but and also all the other tiny South Louisiana villages that technically have people in them. Also, all those places technically they need help too. Do they have people in Hackberry? Is there? Is it? Is there? Are there people there? I mean, do they technically qualify as humans? I don't know. Is it, but they're citizens of the United States, and they should okay. be treated. If you as live such. in Holly Beach, are you really a humanoid? I'm just. I mean, <laughs> I don't. know. They walk on two legs, and that's okay. all that matters. Will Will Cameron Parish be there after this? I don't know. I mean, they'd already gone down to less what? than ten thousand in population. I think. Never which, is gonna dis- which is going to disappear I'm not first? Look, I'm not looking forward to the day that Avoyle Parish is the, the mo- no. southernmost point of Louisiana. Which is going to disappear? Is going to be gone completely first? Plaquemines Parish or Cameron Parish? Ooh. My money's on uh, Plaquemines Parish. Yeah, at least the, the probably the southern part of it, it will go first. Yeah. That's the one that's... Uh, what's the chain of islands out in the Indian Ocean that's uh, about to disappear? Yeah. Uh, I forget they did a thing on 60 Minutes, but you know climate change and yeah. the, the rising oceans—it's being threatened. And that climate ocean. change, that thing that vile cunt Ann Coulter doesn't believe. Yeah. Uh, so, Gordon, you said you wanted to talk about it. The, uh, the yeah, the irony. The there, irony. There is an irony in the uh, the fact that our largest fossil fuel uh, city in America uh, is home being to the uh, is it the largest. Largest uh, refinery. Refinery. And, but, I mean, it, there's it, like 11 of them or something. It goes back and forth with the one in Baton Rouge uh, as, no, far as, as far as capacity, as far as production. But it is larger. Yeah, it as is far larger. As the footprint, it's larger. And, and Exxon has made uh, Houston their, their base now. Oh, yeah. And so um, so we'll, we will call Houston Exxon the, and NASA. the fossil fuel city of America. And um, whether you believe it or not, there is a superstorm that is destroying that fossil fuel city. Well, as yeah. someone else pointed out, yeah. I saw the idea. Of, like, you know, there sure have been a lot of thousand-year storms the past year or two, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, but it all works out because here's what happens, right? So the the big storms come up. Let's look. Let's start with the which is chicken, which is egg. So petroleum, carbon, atmosphere, climate change more intense storms doesn't say that climate change caused the storm just perhaps contributed to being more intense so petroleum people all of a sudden have to evacuate the rigs evacuate their production facilities which makes the prices go higher absolutely which means they still have more money to do the things they need to do which makes us somehow more dependent upon them which means we, we need to we need to, we're moving tables. We're rearranging. It's it's no no. It's mattress Mac is in town. So we're about to host some. We're about to host some Houston evacuees over here. Sounds like we gotta oh, wrap yeah. it up soon. No, yeah, uh, I was trying to figure out the economic circle. The 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 circle. because you, you, the prices are going higher because of less production, which means these companies have higher profits suddenly, which means they have more money to air stuff, saying that. They didn't cause of the storm, which means people are like, hell yeah, we're going to support. We, we don't need that, that renewable energy, solar power crap and wind power. We're going we're gonna to buy some big old engines and we're going to buy our diesel trucks because we need the diesel trucks to go in there and save the people that are flooded by Harvey and all the other stuff. So they're going to have more money and build more stuff. And, just, it's a re- and then more, more carbon goes in the air, bigger storms, and it's just a cycle. 
I saw a guy on a paddle you board like saving people. I can't. I don't wait think till you need. A, I don't think dead. you need a big diesel truck. <laughs> I can't wait till we're all dead and deserve it. <laughs> Someone said that maybe we should start naming the hurricanes after petroleum companies. I like it. I like it a lot. You like that? Or the presidents and CEOs and board members of Exxon and Shell mm-hmm. and all these companies. That's Hurricane Tillerson over there. Well, I think their employees actually work for by the hour now. They're not like, uh, they're not co- they're not salaried or anything. Yeah, so they're even getting a, a cut in uh, in overhead because uh, half of them aren't going to be working now. True, that's true. There's another uh, savings for the the chemical companies. But just imagine Good. all just imagine all the wind turbines that would be hurt right now if they. If we depended upon wind. Well, imagine a solar. Whoa, my goodness. We wouldn't have sun for three days. We'd have no... Well, fuck, they don't have electricity anyway. Not, they knocked out the power anyway. Yeah, for most of the city. And yeah. I think, I you, think can't you can fill stop up those, a gas. Uh, you can't fill up your gas tank if the gas pumps are underwater, you know? Yeah. So, it's not they're, like it's helping out anything. They're literally talking about how the, the flood insurance, uh, the, the, the national flood... Insurance fund is nearly bankrupt. Oh, it's I mean, done. It's, it's it's done, because you thought it was bad with Katrina and the, the 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 flooding here in Baton Rouge last year. You're talking literally hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, hundreds of thousands of people. Just our flood last summer, mm-hmm. and and there was also several other ones in the uh, in the country last year. I think that broke. It's back, yeah, and, that's just, and yeah. this this is going to be ten times uh, what that. And I doubt any of those people in Texas had uh, flood insurance. And most of them did not. I would say I would venture to say ninety percent plus easily so did not have flood insurance. And so you're talking about an an, an unbelievable economic hit to that city. And it's it. This is. I mean, people are saying, is this the new normal? It's starting to look that way. It's starting to look that way. I don't know. We're all just going to move to Canada. and It won't even be because of Trump. It would just be because we're all trying to escape the slowly rising tides that are swallowing up our cities. And yeah. pretty soon, Michigan's going to have a beach that isn't from the Great Lakes. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, They're going to have a although, southern ocean in Michigan. Although Trump did have a chance to go to Texas today. He went to Austin. He didn't want to get in the way of the recovery efforts and everything like that. And his wife was in heels. So, you know, that wouldn't have been a good look walking in, you know, getting into a raft and busting it. And then, you know, that wouldn't have been good. Although she is Flotus. So you can't spell Flotus without float. And, um, yeah, I saw that one on Twitter. So I didn't, I didn't. Well, I want that person dead, too. (laughs) Did you see the uh, picture of the Stevie Ray Vaughan uh, statue Uh -uh. that was flooded? Uh Uh-uh. And, uh, you know, that actually... These damn liberals. (laughs) Well, I I looked at it. (laughs) Take him down! Take him down! Then the helicopter crashes right into it. Was that what happened? No. No. Stevie Ray, it appeared that Stevie Ray Vaughan could also walk on water. Just like Joel Osteen. Absolutely. Uh, I think that about does it for this. <laughs> I think we're. I think we've exhausted our resources. Yeah, on this it's pretty tiring. Oh man, I, 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 it's like part of me. I'm like, I want to watch it. I'm a news junkie. I want to see what's going on. But then after all, I'm like, 
I've got to get away from watching this shit. It's just, it's. I'm going to watch something more uplifting, like a documentary called Dear Zachary or something like that. (laughs) Dear Zachary. That is, never watch that movie. It's so sad. Have you not heard of it? No. Oh, Google it. It's sad. It's real sad. Lift lift my mood. Tell me about it. I I really don't want to ruin everyone's moods right now. What? It's going to be more, it's going to be better than me talking about the dead cop who drowned and how we're all doomed from climate change. I'm sure someone listening to this has, has heard of or seen Dear Zachary. Uh, it, it's the kind of movie like where you watch it once, you're like, I'm glad I watched it, but I will, I will never want to experience that again. Like, they have, you know, like sometimes you're like, I want to be in a certain mood to watch this movie, but yeah. you know you're never going to be in the mood to watch that movie. That's yeah. how I feel about Dear Zachary. So basically this guy uh, has a kid with his, uh, I, don't know, I, I don't girlfriend or wife or somebody like that. But he dies, and oh. so his best friend is a filmmaker and decides to make a documentary about this kid's dad to show that kid once he grows up a little bit. And that's the happiest part of the documentary. Wow. It gets terrible from there on. That's just the beginning minute. So the guy decides to make a documentary about his dead friend yes. so that his ki- the kid... We'll know what his dad was like, yeah. New, we'll know what his dad was like. Yes, so and how does the, he make the documentary? Like with just interviews, old film. Like okay. he has like some old home videos of the guy, and then interviews oh. like his mom and dad, and yeah. friends and family, stuff like that. So not a date movie. Oh no, 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 no. Uh. It's I watched it about five years ago, I'd say, and uh. Uh, I've had people like I'm gonna watch the movie. I'm like okay, well I'm gonna leave. Then I'm leaving. You you enjoy it. I'm leaving. I can't be. Wa- in the I'd r- rather watch porn with a bunch of guys. Than watch, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather watch yeah. like the grossest kind of uh, scat. Yeah, porn. Than be in the same room as anyone watching Dear Zachary again. Mm. I just couldn't handle it emotionally. It it broke me. It straight up broke me. Really? Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, September 8th at the Heart- at the Mansion Theater, I'll be spoofing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which is not as sad as Dear Zachary. I don't know. Some of those kids almost died. You know the, no, the most Some inter- of them got taken away, and you don't really know you what don't happened know to them. You know what the, the most hell interesting happened to thing? Augustus Gloop? Did he die? What, what happened to him? He was made in fudge, baby. You know the most interesting thing about that he movie? He would have died of juvenile diabetes the, anyway. The thing I did not realize about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is that uh, the halfway point of the movie, like exact half point, is when they walk into the factory. Really? Yeah. That is the exact halfway point. People forget there's a lot there's pre-factory. A lot, there's a lot of pre-factory stuff. Yes. That's uh, that's like Full Metal Jacket. I mean, the boot camp scene is half the, the movie. Yeah, right? there's a whole Vietnam thing going on that people forget about. Yeah, they forget about it. Oh, that's right, we got Vietnam going on. Everybody wants to talk about boot camp. It's like they love the boot camp stuff, and then all of a sudden, oh shit, we go. To I forget Vietnam this and- movie past Gomer Gomer Pyle. Yeah. Like, after that, I'm like, what? After there's things. Like, oh my god, there's a war going on. Oh, and there's how, hookers. How at, depressing. There's like Vietnamese hookers at some point. And yeah. they steal your camera and yeah, and yeah, wild. They don't like black guys, but then the black guy whips it out, and they're like, well, I guess it's not that big. I mean, what was the thing? We had the debate. What did she see when he whipped out that Alabama black snake? Did he? Was she like, uh, just? Like was he? Did he have a small dick? And he was like, "Yeah, I got a small dick. Look at it." And so he, she was like, "Okay, I will do it. I'll boom boom you." Maybe had a knuckle or something like that. Or was it like? Did it have like a glow to it, like an aura, and like just she had never seen a a a. a Jeremy, the amount of times I've been on this podcast and you have brought up black penises, (laughs) 
is getting well, to a point where I I'm disturbed. Actually, we were having a discussion at the house <laughs> about this. Like, what was she thinking? What did she see? What was her thought process where she was like, just a just a, a definite no, like a hard no. I think Joe Alstein would know the answer to that. <laughs> she was like, no way in hell. I am not having sex with the soul brother. No boom boom soul brother. Soul brother too beaucoup. Just too much. And he unzips it, like, real proud, smiling, like, yeah, ain't no Tuboku. And he whips it out, like, was he, like, proud that he had a small dick? That's a question to ask the listeners at home. Why don't you guys watch Full Metal Jacket and then tweet Jeremy White your answers? I don't know. I'm going to, see, I can't ask, I can't ask the director, Stanley Kubrick, he's dead. He wouldn't answer you anyway. He was a recluse. He was. We'll just have Again, to... Joel Olstein will know the answer to will that. Will he? I that's... think that's what you should ask. Thoughts and You're, prayers to the former Vietnam Joel veteran. Joel Olstein was too busy doing other things. He was too busy doing other things? You're kind of insinuating like he might be interested in well, I mean, I, I think more than I am. He, he can talk to Jesus. He, somebody oh. in, in that whole realm should know the answer to your question. Oh, by the Probably. way, Walt, Walt Handelsman, who does the uh, cartoons for The Advocate, great guy. Uh, the one that came out today was a little bit questionable. It's a uh, so he's got Texas and Louisiana drawn, oh. and out of Louis- out of Houston reaches up this uh, human this fleshy uh, appendage coming up out of Houston. And, I saw that, and then here comes Louisiana with another appendage reaching over. And grabbing over hold. across the state line and grabbing a, getting a firm grasp of that human appendage from Texas, emerging from the Houston area that's coming straight up, very erect and very erect and just grabbing it. And then there are little lines around it like, yes, I got it. And uh, I didn't see this. I'm uh, glad I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Louisiana's giving Texas a hand job. We're giving them an old fashioned. Well, you know what? As long as you're satisfied, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. They definitely. The Cajun are, Navy's got a firm grip on the situation. They, yeah, and we're glad they're there to help. And they're definitely getting deluged with stuff. I am proud of the Cajun Navy, though. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a that's a Although nice they, uh, thing. I don't know. The couple of them are like bitches because they're no, like they're, they're shooting at us, trying to steal our boats at the Houston. No, look, like, no. No. yeah, the Cajun Shut Navy the is a great volunteer situation going on. There are a few of them that I'm sure went there to shoot people. Yeah, they're lo- I'm air quoting. They they did go there on. They got brown people out here. That speak. There's a couple of those idiots. They got out there. brown people that don't speak. That don't speak American. But that's a any volunteer program is going to have those weirdos. Look, Cajun Navy, as a whole, great situation with the Cajun Navy. But like, hey, if you, if any of y'all are listening, get rid of those idiots that are that get went just the, to shoot. You looters. know, just just. You know, scuttle yeah. their boats and let them walk back to, you know, swim back or whatever. You don't need them sullying your reputation because they're going around and all of a sudden the Houston cops are like, they got no shit to worry about. They don't have to go around saying, you know, trying to say, tell people, nah, these people are full of shit. Nobody's shooting at them. And yeah. all of a sudden these guys are, I'm sure some of them have Blue Lives Matter stickers on their shirt. These fucking oh, cops are right. lying. It's like, dude, no, no, bro, that's not a good look. Anyway, on September 15th, I'll be at the Hartley Vay Theater with the Family Dinner Improv Troupe. (laughs) 
And uh, so, and also uh, trivial objections. Or September twenty that- eighth, trivial objections. My roommate slash host of trivial objections birthday is also that day. Woo! And special announcement: this is the first place to hear about it. November tenth, we are recording a compilation album with a bunch of Louisiana comedians at Atomic Pop Shop, produced by Lafayette Comedy Records, uh, hosted by your boy Evan Rabelais. Twenty. Ish, 20-ish. What a score. Yeah, 20-ish Louisiana comedians doing five to ha. six minutes each. Where it's Only $5. Only $5. Always BYOB. And I'm sure I'll come back on to announce that In again. In the back room, huh? Yeah. Back room, it's a great, it's a great. If great you've never room. been, come out to the next one. It's, it's, you turned it's, me on to that one time and I, uh, I yeah, went and saw that right. show. That's so right. That's one of the first shows I think that's they, it. they yeah. had. Always All a about. fun time. Always See, fun. I do talk to people about your show. Right? I know you do. I'm just surprised when anyone shows up with your recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> I will recommend the people that need to watch Dear Zachary. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. Ah, uh, this has been fun. We needed a little bit of this. Tweet so. at me just crying emojis after you watch it. Yeah, yeah. So did we cover the world? I think we did. We covered enough. I think so. We didn't talk about the orange guy very much at all. Good. Good. He doesn't need enough. He doesn't need any more. You know, people He's still like give him shit. He's like Beetlejuice. The people more you still, talk about him, the more he'll appear. People still give him shit about delivering Play-Doh last year to Baton Rouge, but you know what? Compared to holding a rally in Texas in the middle of all this shit, that's fucking presidential. <laughs> <laughs> he thanked a hurricane. He did. He thanked a hurricane. He did. He thanked a hurricane. And uh, he was he was even amazed by it. Wow! Hey, wow! Whoa! Look at this crowd! Of so people. amazing how we had the the record breaking storm. He's gonna walk. Somebody said he's gonna walk wow. into a fucking homeless shelter. Wow! What a crowd! <laughs> and sure enough, he went to Texas. Joe Osteen has put on a great rally for me <laughs> at his church. Sixteen thousand people for me. Jesus, that's me. Oh. All right, <laughs> let's go ahead and shut it down. <laughs> this has been fun. I'm Jeremy White. Gordon Meese. Evan Rabelais. You've been listening to the Red Stick Podcast. Stick Good around. night. Stick around, folks. <laughs>